Welcome to this week's episode of Midlife AF. This week, we're talking about one of my favorite subjects, liberation versus fixation. Over to me. If you're a woman in midlife whose intuition is telling you that giving booze the elbow might be the next right move, then Midlife AF is the podcast for you. Join counsellor, psychotherapist, this naked mind and grey area drinking alcohol coach Emma Gilmore for a weekly natter about parenting quirky teens, menopause, relationships and navigating this thing called midlife alcohol free. If you're feeling that life could be so much more, that you're sick and tired of doing all the things for everyone else, if your intuition is waving her arms manically at you saying it could all be so much easier if we didn't have to keep drinking, Come with me. Together we'll find our groove without booze. I lovingly acknowledge the Boonarung people of the Kulon Nation as the custodians of Kurt Barok. I share my admiration for the Aboriginal culture. I witness the connection that they have for each other and the land and their community. As I swim in the waters and walk on the land, I feel the power of this place. I'm grateful for the Aboriginal people's amazing custodianship, the power, beauty, and the healing potential of this place. I wish to pay special respects to the elders of the Boonarong people. Their wisdom, guidance, and support are exceptional and felt well beyond the Aboriginal community. I honor that this is Aboriginal land and that it has never been ceded. I am committed to listening to the Aboriginal community and learning how I can be an active ally in their journey to justice. This month has been, I have had to give in a little bit to being a bit burnt out. And um, I think that's really normal in women of um, a certain age, and I'm 50. Um, I am also neurodivergent. And I look after two beautiful humans that are also neurodivergent. And I run my own business, Hope Rising Coaching. Um, and I support a lot of beautiful human beings. Um, but I also have to market for it. And I have a tendency to work myself very hard, which is what my next kind of area to look into. Um, how do I kind of take some of that urgency out of my own way of being so that I can enjoy life in the way that it's supposed to be. And I think we've all got things, haven't we, that we do because they feel safe, because they feel like what we've always done. Hi, Becca. Um, and, you know, work, working extremely hard is, is, is one of mine. Um, drinking was another. Um impulsive I can be an impulsive shopper sometimes um but I'd say probably mine are mainly work and um because I get very hyper focused um and it's a safe place isn't it I remember listening to Gabor Mate talking about how work is a place where you know we are on our best we're at our best whereas in our families sometimes we don't always feel like that do we I'm just going to say hello in Facebook because I know the notes don't show otherwise but goodness me, what an amazing October it's been for me. Last night I went to the wonderful alcohol-free comedian Aiden 
sorry, Aidan, I can't remember your name, surname, which is terrible of me, but again, owning our mid midlife um, selves. And we, I watched his show, which was absolutely amazing. And Aidan um, stopped drinking. I can't remember when. He's about 30, in his early 30s. And in fact, I must get him on the potty. Um, but he his last comedy show, which he had on at the Fringe Festival and I think at the Edinburgh Festival as well, um, he was talking about his transition to an alcohol-free comedian, uh, which was absolutely brilliant. And last night was so nice. I was in burnout all day. I was completely, like, flattened. Um, but I seemed to come back together again about four or five o'clock in the afternoon. I managed to go out and um, I was running – I was heading up a – Untox and a cuppa meet up there. So for any of you guys who are interested in, you know, ways to socialize and ways to do things alcohol-free, there's some really great resources. Untoxicated. Um my friend Faye runs that, and that um is through Meetup. If you go onto the website Untoxicated, you'll find the details there. All kinds of social um things all over the Australia. Um, and also, if you go to um, Kappa, which is Kappa Community, which is run by my friend Victoria Vanstone of Drunk Mummy, Sober Mummy, and the wonderful podcast, The Sober Awkward, um, she has a community called Kappa, and um, there are heaps of events on there as well, and international ones as well. So if you're listening in from the UK or from the US, um, and you're interested in meetups that are um for people who are not drinking or, you know, you don't have to be a non-drinker to go, but just somebody who wants to socialise in a way that's not um, alcohol-focused, then those are really good places uh, to go. So today we are talking about preoccupation versus freedom, and it's such an interesting subject matter for me, um, particularly because one of my the, the the areas that i'm most interested in in this work at the moment is the way that our nervous system works and our fight or flight and the things that trigger us and what triggers are and how we feel them in our bodies and how we don't feel them in our bodies and how all of us different wonderful human beings across the world have all these different ways of it, experiencing the external senses in our bodies and our internal signals to our from our bodies to our brains and it's just absolutely fascinating for me um being a neurodivergent human being who struggles with um being able to feel things in my body sometimes identify my feelings and I have a low interoceptive awareness. So that means that I quite often don't know what's going on in my body. And this is very, very common in neurodivergent people, people with trauma. Um, but generally, like women have, I've, I've yet to find a woman who has not been, you know, subject to diet culture, exercise and health culture, whereby we've had to suppress our needs um, and push them down and also the patriarchal society where we have to um, where we've been conditioned to believe that we have to put everybody else's needs before our own um, and that we can't sit down um, unless we have a good reason jolly good reason otherwise we should be up doing all the things that um, keep the world going around 
so it's a very interesting subject matter for me. And the other part of it is the way that we just deny and dismiss our experiences. I was even talking to my mother-in-law, my mother and father-in-law have just arrived from uh, New Zealand today, yesterday night. And, um, you know, we were talking about how, you know, it's so common for us to say as human beings, oh, we don't have it as bad as this person. We don't have it as bad as this person. We shouldn't grumble. Well, actually, we should grumble because we are having an experience. And what we're doing then when we're denying that is we are dismissing ourselves. We're dismissing and pushing down our experience. And so many of the problems that come for us as human beings in this world come from pushing down, dismissing our experience. Um, from a very young age, we would have been told, many of us were told that we were too excitable, too um, antisocial, too uh, teary, too emotional, you know, all of those phrases, suck it up, buttercup, uh, you get what you get and you don't get upset, you know, a woman's work is never done, all of that clap, crap trap, <laughs> crap trap, clap trap. Um, you know, we've been conditioned to believe that's true. And so it's incredibly hard for us to understand our feelings. Boredom is incredibly interesting because people are like, I don't want to be bored. But what generally I find that we mean by being bored is I don't want to be alone with my experience of the world. Um I want to run away from it. I want to work. I want to tidy. I just can't be with myself. And, you know, in our modern world of, you know, the, the phones and the, and get, don't get me wrong, I'm here with you, my friends. I am not preaching at all. This is like, I'm what, I'm with you. You know, we're constantly distracted. It's so easy not to have to be with ourselves, to be present to our experiences. And, that makes us very, very susceptible to alcohol and other drugs. Um, it makes us very, very susceptible to distraction behavior, especially distraction behavior that gives us dopamine, which alcohol does, right? I'm just going to check that I don't have any comments on Facebook because that's the only thing I sometimes have to be on a different screen to see those. So just bear with me a second. And okay, cool. No, I can't see any. Great. So let's talk about preoccupation versus freedom. So even when I was, because this is important, right? interestingly I was talking to some of the ladies it might be the lighthouse membership group recently and we were talking about you know how frustrating it can feel when you see other people who have got their freedom from alcohol or who are just like a lot further along on the path than you and I've worked in this situation with groups um, at different stages of their relationship with alcohol because I've worked for a long time in um this Naked Minds year-long programs. I don't do them so much anymore, but I did for the first two years of my career, I was very much involved in working in those places. And the way that Annie structures her programs is we have that mixture of people, people who have um, have got to the place they want to go and people who are not there yet. Um, 
I think it's a really, really healthy way of working, um, but it can feel to people who are still struggling like everybody's doing really well and they're not, which is never the case. Um, and one of our tendencies is to hide away when we're struggling. But it's really important to remember that, you know, wherever you are, the other people who are, you know, have feel like they've got it, they were where you were too. And often you don't realize the amount of years that somebody was trying before they've got to their place where they are now, right? And so you think, oh, I'm, you know, I'm not doing so well, but actually comparatively you are. Um, and the thing that I keep wanting to bring home and something I'm going to change very much in my marketing, because I'm just getting more and more, yes, some people stop drinking very quickly. It's over and done with. And they learn that alcohol doesn't relax them and they learn about the chemicals and off they go. Most people, it doesn't work like that. Most people have a period of time of trying. First of all, people start and they want to moderate and they go back and forth around that. And then you do, you know, your months off here and your months off there, but you're always hating them. You're never enjoying them. The only thing, and I, I went through a year of doing that where I do Feb fast, dry July, sober October. And then sometimes I try and do it eight weeks. I could never do eight weeks. I'd get to six weeks and then I'd crumble and I'd, it would be, uh, the one thing I do always remember, and this is one of the things I'm going to talk about with regards to freedom, is I always remember the feeling of freedom when you make a decision. And we were talking about this in Be the Lighthouse this week. When you make a decision not to drink, you make the decision and you don't drink. And that decision making even if it comes undone, right? That period of time while you're in decision, while you're in there is no option, the freedom that you feel is like nothing else. And that's when you realize how much space alcohol is taking up in your brain. The constant negotiations, especially if you're trying to moderate, because moderating is, is possible, but it's hard. It's really hard. You don't get freedom. I'm going to say, and I always say this to my clients, yes, you can moderate. Absolutely. You have very strong guardrails and you're very, very honest with yourself and you have very strong non-negotiables. And when I work in my programs and we people want to um, moderate or they want to um, be sober curious, you, we, I, I, I write plans specifically for that for people. Um, but it is harder and it isn't freedom because of the way that alcohol works chemically in our bodies, right? It's not possible. It's only possible for us to do you know, to drink like in that way without having any kind of tug. If number one, we don't try and alter our mood at all by drinking alcohol. And number two, if we drink so irregularly that it's not possible for us to get that sort of addictive kind of uh, chemical reaction going on. And as I was to say addictive, I mean, alcohol is an addictive substance, right? To everybody made of blood, skin and bone. It is not a 
them and us situation. It's not those people over there in the corner who've lost their house and they're drinking out of a bottle in a a paper bag. That is not the situation at all. Most of the people that I work with are very, very successful, functioning, intelligent human beings who have realized that alcohol is not serving them anymore. And even though to the outside world, they might look like they're perfectly fine, it's breaking their heart because it feels like they're not being integrated. They feel like they've got a fight going on um, between different parts of them. And it is actually like that. You know, when you look at the nervous system, the nervous system is always my starting point because I genuinely believe that that is where we get freedom and that is what allows us to have a happy and fulfilling life and that's why I say so I've got itchy nose Um, and that's why I always say that this isn't really about alcohol yes alcohol is the first step but alcohol there's a reason we're drinking alcohol yeah nobody drinks alcohol for no reason there's really good reasons why we drink alcohol And it's only once we take alcohol out of the equation that we can really look at what those are. Now, it is possible to do it beforehand. And often when I'm working with people on a one-to-one basis, if I'm doing my my standard kind of three-month program with people, I will request that they do, if if they're willing to, um, a month of just drinking like normal, taking all restriction out of the... um, out of the equation and we actually just work on thoughts and beliefs around alcohol understanding the data really really studying what our thoughts and patterns and rituals are around alcohol and then every single belief that we have around alcohol we turn that around so we actually turn the belief around so that it changes in the unconscious part of our brain and then we also work on being with our big emotions starting to learn to be able to identify them, working from a trauma-informed and neuro-affirming practice from a lived experience human um, to start to understand how to be with big emotions. Because often we have been, you know, we were punished for having big emotions. And for sensitive souls, like most drinkers are, that can be very, you know, I'm trying to think of the world, but it's kind of, it sets the scene for how we handle life. Um, so this is about so much more than that. And people want it to be about the top 10 tips. They want it to be quick and easy. And some for some people, like I say, it can be, but for other people, it's not. And it's not for very good reasons because for many, it's all about safety. Nervous system is all about safety, being in fight or flight. And most of us spend all our time in fight or flight, yeah? So we are not in a position for our brain to be learning. Yeah, we're not in a position for our brain to be open to new things. So before we do anything else, we have to learn how to regulate our nervous system, how to be with our big emotions, how to notice when we're triggered and understand why we're triggered. Because that's the hard bit. Everyone's like, no, 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 we don't need to do that. We don't need to do that. Nobody wants to do that. But actually, learning how to do that is the biggest gift you could give yourself, not just in terms of alcohol, but in the whole of your life to be a less. And one of the most amazing things about stopping drinking is you find immediately. And I remember this as well from when I was still doing that sort of like, you know, I'll take a month off here and a month off there. 
I still I remember number one the freedom of being able to have my brain think about anything other and not having to plan my whole life around where I was going to drink and how to get there and how to get home and what time I was going to and where did I buy from and what happened if you know all that sort of incessant you know am I going to have a glass of water in between and all that sort of negotiation goes away I've just forgotten the point I was going to make so that's great <laughs> owning it um but the other part I'm sure will come back to me in a minute and if anyone's on here and you want to give me a little nudge as to where the hell I was going before I started that, I'd be very much appreciated. Um, oh, that's me. Nobody wants that. Um, so freedom versus preoccupation. So preoccupation is exactly what I'm talking about. When you're constantly thinking about it, you get up in the morning, you like oh you're regretting what you did the night before you're making all these vows da, 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 da. and also preoccupation for me is not drinking but wishing you were is not drinking and putting alcohol up in the corner and ignoring it until you go back to drinking again anything where you're trying to suppress an experience because as those of you who attended my last couple of workshops will know, our cravings are a trigger. So our cravings are our body saying to us, you are in discomfort right now. And then what happens is our body goes into protection mode and it goes, we, when we're in discomfort, we drink because it takes us away from the discomfort. And then another part of us called judgment comes in and goes, you shouldn't drink, you're going to end up in a ditch. And then the part of us that wants us to drink to take us away from the horrible experience, this goes, no, you're not as bad as Fred down the road. He's a complete alcoholic. And you're like, and then and then the other part goes, yes, but we said we weren't going to. And then the other part goes, yes, but this is just silly. Why do you have to be so extreme about everything and all this sort of stuff? And we just go, oh, my God, I just want to stop this incessant fighting in my head. Can someone just give me a drink? So we drink a lot of the time just to get away from that friction, because when we're arguing with ourselves, it's just as impactful on our body as if we were arguing with another human being. In fact, it's worse because our home inside ourselves is supposed to be a place of safety and it's not. And for many of us, it feels like alcohol is a place of safety and our bodies our homes our brain is not and so that's what the work that we do so the work that I do with my clients is we're trying to create a home inside ourselves that feels safe safer than drinking a toxic substance that makes us feel numb to what's going on because in my opinion and in the opinion of many of the great human beings that I have learned from or that I work alongside. Um, the problem that we have is we leave ourselves in our distress. And every time we leave ourselves in our distress, we abandon ourselves and nothing changes. And that's the really sad thing about it. We abandon ourselves and nothing changes. And we think 
that we're helping ourselves because we're escaping, but we're not helping ourselves. The far better way to help ourselves is to learn how to listen to ourselves because we actually fucking matter. And this is the problem. We've been so conditioned. We don't even know we don't we don't choose ourselves. We think we're feminists. We think we're strong. We think we're all these incredible things, but we're not. We're being totally manipulated, totally manipulated into staying small, staying suck, not seizing our power, not learning how to manage our emotions, not learning how to be with ourselves and keep pretending to be this human being that we think society wants and needs us to be, you know? Keep being, keep masking, keep being, keep performing ourselves. And we will never, ever, ever reach our human potential while we're performing ourselves, yeah? Because we don't know who we are. We have no idea who we fucking are. And this process of stopping drinking is about learning who you are underneath the little parts of you that you left behind when somebody told you that they weren't good enough and you took that upon yourself. And then from then on, you've spent your rest of your life trying to fix those parts of you that were never yours to fix in the first place because there was nothing wrong with you. You were wonderful, amazing, powerful, extraordinary, awkward, divine human being because all the research and all the studies shows that no one gives a shit how perfect people are. We don't like perfect people. We like funny human human beings. We like human beings for all their flaws. We like human beings who admit their flaws and share their real selves with us because we're human and we want connection and we want to know that we're not alone. And that's what it's all about. Anyway, my darlings, I'm going to leave you with that because I've got a team meeting because I'm off to have a wonderful time in a week away, get rid of my burn. I've been so burnt out this week. I've just had to like two days. I've just like been unable to do anything until four o'clock in the afternoon. I was lying in bed yesterday. <laughs> just going, can someone make me a cup of tea? No one can make me a cup of tea. My, my kid who struggles is like, I really need someone to get me in the shower. I really need someone to uh, get me some food. And I'm like, oh and dragging my sorry ass out of bed to do that. I'm like, this is not good. I managed to go and see Aiden last night, but that was like all I could do. Anyway, my treasures, if you're interested in doing anything interesting with me, what I've got coming up at the moment is I've got in my Be The Lighthouse group, we are doing an extra bonus 12-week program, The Presence Process, starting at the start of November. Um it's basically part of my Lighthouse program. So you get your um, monthly coaching, not monthly, weekly coaching, monthly webinar. Um, you get access to everything that I do for free. Um, but what we're going to do, in, and you have Marco Polo, so we've got daily Marco Polos, brilliant way to get yourself. If you've already done 30 days, you feel confident, you want to move towards an alcohol-free life, or you're thinking you want to do an, a year alcohol-free or even six months alcohol-free, brilliant way to get through Christmas and we're going to do this book together as a group out accountability so if you want to join buy this book or listen to the audio and then we're going to be going through that it's a, such a beautiful process um, and we're going to do it's going to be 15 minutes in the morning 15 minutes in the evening breath work and then a passage from this book and you will 
There is something so phenomenal about this book. It is a way of getting to our authentic self. It's a way of learning to be in the present. It's a way of getting to our emotions and all the things that trigger us, the actual reasons why we drink, and finding how to be with them and to process them and learning how to have the real joy of life, which is being able to be with whatever emotions we're experiencing, right? And for that to be a safer choice for us than having a drink. So that's what I'm doing with my membership group over the next three months. Get us through Christmas and New Year. And then if anyone's interested at all, I'm doing a kind of short, sharp, burst, 30-day um, program, one-to-one coaching on Marco Polo, um, which is called VIP Elite. So if you're a very busy person and you need to take 30 days and you just want a bit of extra support, that's where you can find me. I better go because it's my team meeting now, but lots of love and I'll see you all very soon. Just want to let you know about this little bundle that I have created for a seasonal success. So basically what I've put together is three products of mine that are that work really, really well together. So you start with my awareness worksheets, which is where you really gather the data around why you're drinking, what your triggers are, how it tastes in your mouth, what it feels like in your body. And you also look at all your routines and rituals around alcohol. And it's a really good idea to do this before you take a break from alcohol. The other part of the bundle is my Your North Star visualization audio, which is where you will listen to an audio for 30 minutes and included in that is a lot of journaling. And the journaling is about visualizing where you want to be when you have your relationship with alcohol exactly how you want it to be. How will that feel? What will you wake up? feeling like what will you do on a weekday what will you do on a weekend and you really get that visualization of what it's going to be like how wonderful it's going to be and that starts to become like a blueprint for your brain and your brain once it knows that it's got this amazing place where it's going to it really starts to kind of feel much more comfortable making the changes that you're going to make in the third part of the bundle which is the self-paced Aussie alcohol experiment. So that is my 30-day program of beautiful, amazing content videos, quite short. Um, you can have them on your phone and they come every day. You can start it whenever you want. Um, you just press that button. There's a little bit of pre-work to do beforehand. And then there's some journaling prompts as well. You have the opportunity to be part of my midlife AF Facebook group as well, where there's plenty of content and I come on and do lives very regularly and answer any questions you might have. So this is a really great bundle for anybody who's thinking I'm coming into the summer season. I really want to reset my relationship with alcohol. I know things are going to be silly over Christmas. There's going to be so much pressure on me. There's going to be all, you know, relatives, friends, so many things going on. And I really want to get myself into the best mental and physical place to be able to manage all that and then you can make the next decision that you want to make around your relationship with alcohol 
based on your experience there. I expect you to leave the experience feeling really, really strong, really grounded, feeling that wonderful feeling of pride and just feeling that you have put yourself back to kind of a ground zero, ready to tackle the wonderful summer season, feeling your best. So the link to sign up for that bundle is, I think it's $47 for the um, alcohol experiment. And we're going to do the whole lot for $50 all up. So I hope that is something that you um, enjoy. Let me know how you feel about it. Send me a direct message, send me an email, but um, something to, I thought it would be a really nice way to go into the summer season. All right, have an amazing summer. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Midlife AF with Emma Gilmore. If you enjoyed it, please share on Instagram for your friends and tag me at Hope Rising Coaching. If you want to help me grow the podcast, please review the episodes for me on Apple Podcasts. That really helps. If you would like to work further with me, please go to my website, www.hoperisingcoaching.com for my free and paid programs or email me at emma at hoperisingcoaching.com. Sending a massive cuddle to you and yours from me and mine. And remember to keep choosing you. Thank you.